Welcome to the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, where we showcase student entrepreneurs to learn about the startups they are working on, check in with alumni to hear about the companies they are building, and learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have built amazing companies. Hosted by Mark McNeese, a serial entrepreneur who has started for-profits, non-profits, social impact companies, and is currently entrepreneur-in-residence at the Jim Rand School of Entrepreneurship. Hi, I'm Mark McNeese, host of the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. We're here today with the Innovation 2020 uh, winner, Michael Bernard, uh, and his company, Nightcap. He's been nice enough to sit down with us today, and uh, I know you have a big dinner to get to, a big celebration dinner, so, but I wanted to catch him while he was in here, while he was in town, just to talk about Nightcap and the, the journey um, of, of Nightcap and, and what it's doing. So welcome, Michael. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. So tell us about Nightcap, what is it? So Nightcap is a hair scrunchie that prevents drink spiking. There's a uh, built-in pocket inside the scrunchie that you pull out when you go to the bar. Well, here, cover, show it to us, we're on camera. So if, camera. If, uh, so if you're listening to the podcast, go on YouTube and you can see the actual product. So, so talk us through it. So it's just like any hair scrunchie, wear it in your wrist, and your hair. You know, you're a girl, you go out to the bar, uh, you might find yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Uh, you maybe you're in a crowded, crowded club. Maybe you know there's creepy guys near you, or maybe it's something you put on every drink uh, as a precaution. You wear it out and just pull this right out of the pocket and cover it right over your drink. Fantastic, um, actually. I have a right, cup yeah, right here, so that. you put so it, it over. So work like that, and then uh, you know you can pull it right over. It's kind of a yeah. My cup's not too small. It's not, small, meant for, it's not really meant for this, but you know you put a straw through it, it still works. Perfect. <laughs> so. And well, with your permission, uh, you have a video. It kind of shows how it works, so yeah. I can I can link to that course, yeah. in, in the podcast, so you can actually see how how it works. So uh, this is to prevent being drugged, being at, drugged at and date rape and things exactly. like that. So it also actually keeps bugs out of your drink if you're someone who barbecues <laughs> or. <laughs> all right, hey, all right. I, and I did have one person purchase one once uh, to keep their cat from drinking it. Oh, their, all right. Their, their drinks. <laughs> right on. So, tell me about the origins of this. Uh, why are you interested in date rape? prevention did you come up with this idea how did this all come about so it was actually my 16 year old sister um, she had some friends go off to college and uh, you know it happened to them mm -hmm. and uh, you know one night she was sleeping and just came up with this in her in her sleep um, she went ahead and cut up my mom's pantyhose and made a prototype out of my mom's pantyhose um, and you know, I came home for the summer. I didn't actually have any like set plans, and I saw this prototype, and I, you know, I was thinking of how often this happens on college campuses. I'd right. just been in college for four years, um, and I hear about it constantly. I look at it, and I'm like, you know what? With a little bit of work, a lot of work <laughs> compared to that first prototype, um, I think this could be something really special. So, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but what are the statistics of women that? Uh, have have been drugged or uh, uh, had drugs put in their drinks. So it's almost impossible to have you know proper statistics on this because it goes unreported so much. Um, we did as good as possible to try and find out how big that problem was, and we did a survey of 100 women, 18 to 25, where we think the you know the actual issue really is. We found that 26% of them uh, reported having their drink spiked. Uh, at some point, and 76% are worried about being spiked when they go out. 
And there's actually an alcohol.org study that shows 56% report having their drink spiked at some time. Um, and that's all, all ages, which is, you know, that's a huge, huge number. Yeah, I mean, the majority of women, 18 to 25, did yeah. you say? having their their drink spiked is is an enormous social problem yeah. and, and, and at an epidemic uh, level so so from the pantyhose what with the pantyhose one did was it a scrunchie too or was it just a cover she attached a scrunchie to the pantyhose okay so <laughs> from inception she wanted to do a a scrunchie with yeah the with, whole thing was about the scrunchie and being able to wear it it's all about convenience 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 no one is going to bring a plastic lid around with them in their purse. And a plastic right. lid is not going to fit right. most, most drinks. Right, yeah, it's a That's one the size nice thing. thing is this fits yeah. just about any yeah, size so, drink. Yeah, even, it may be even like something like this. It doesn't look perfect, but it, mm -hmm. it does the job right. just like that. Um, so the whole point is someone can wear it in their hair or on their wrists and you'll have it on them at all times out to the bar. Right on. So what was the next step? You're like, wow, sis. I think you have something here. Yeah. I want in. What like how how did that happen? How did the team, so, <laughs> the dream team, come together? All right, so you know, I was a political science major. I had no experience in business, in entrepreneurship, accounting, nothing like that. Um, <laughs> I and neither did she. She's in high school. Um, so I came home and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna use my critical thinking skills and you know use people, find people around me and surround myself with people who can fill in the knowledge gaps of things. You know, t the textile industry, I don't, I don't know the first thing about manufacturing. Right. So I started, uh, I started calling like support lines. I'll call, I'll look up different factories, be like, hey, we have this idea. Um, and what would they say? And you know, I, there was a bunch, I probably talked to like, I don't know, 10 of them. Okay. And you know, they kept pointing me, okay, go talk to this we have an, we can't do it, but we have this factory that like maybe they can do it. I kept like just getting pointed in, you know, yeah. the next, 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 until uh, this one factory said, "Oh, you know what? We only do like shirt because most factories do like shirts and stuff, or, right. or what is like you know normal T-shirts. Um, this is super unique, and you know you got to figure out how to make it." So this factory said, "We have a company, a sister company, um, that they do product development, and they can." Uh, we think they can help you, and it's called. It was called Stitch Texas, in I believe it was in Irving or Austin, Texas. Okay. Austin, Texas. Stitch Texas. It's called Stitch Texas. Okay. And we sent them. We had basically had a seamstress create four prototypes, each one you know better than the last. Kept okay. improving, 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 um, and finally we got it to a point where I was like, okay, let's send this to Stitch Texas and let's have them just kind of perfect the areas uh, and make it nice and professional. Um, and then you know they sent us back this, and we took that and we. Sent it to the. We found a manufacturer that said they could do it. Not every manufacturer can make something like this. It's right. pretty complicated for most, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and then the whole process of finding, sourcing everything is much more complicated than I ever would have. As someone never in business, ever oh. would have. I have. You got to have the fabric supplier, the elastic right. supplier, the manufacturer, the company that prints on it, the packaging company, the distributor, and there's a whole process. I think a <laughs> lot of times, a lot of first-time entrepreneurs think, oh, I have an idea, and I'm going to just do it. Yeah. And I, everybody has ideas, right? Yeah. Like, I, just about everybody I know has good ideas, and I mean, ideas are great. That's the starting point, but what's truly special is somebody who can make take an idea and yeah. actually make it a reality. And exactly. you've done that exactly. and your sister has done that. That's really incredible. That's, That's super cool. So, so, okay. So, um, take me to the, through the process. You had this idea, you, you, you got your prototype. Now you want to, uh, 
mass produce it? How did you go about that? Because that takes money and, yeah. and things like that. Um, so fortunately for me, my parents were generous enough to back me with you know a little bit of funds to get started. Okay, great. Um, and I took that and I made mark. I, I started with mark before I even had the product. I started marketing. Okay, right? marketing, marketing, marketing. I launched an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. You know, you put up a marketing video, pictures, right. um, you know, everything about the product. And uh, we went ahead and, and raised $12,000. Okay, to start. what was your goal? Our goal, we raised $12,400. The goal was 12000 Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just, it was, just yeah, over the just, finish line. Now, we were fortunate enough to um, have Fox Business reach out to us. I got an email one, one morning asking for, them, asking for us to fly up to New York and How go on the that show. How did that you know, it was It was weird. It was a... My friend, uh, my sister's friend from camp saw the Indiegogo campaign and she showed her mom and her mm -hmm. mom loved it. And she had connections to all the uh, media in New York and she sent it out to all of them and Fox Business loved it and they, they emailed us. It was very lucky. <laughs> so, yeah, lucky or, um, you know, I think my dad used to say, the harder the, I work, the luckier I get, yeah. right? And, you know, you did the hard work to get it out there and somebody saw it. Um, that is super cool. In fact, it was interesting. One of the judges today who flew in from Washington, D.C. knew about your company. Oh, really? And, <laughs> Uh, she's like, oh, I know that company. I, you know, I've heard about it. You've gotten a lot of press, right? Yeah. So we were also in. Uh, I mean, we've been on like every local news station in Florida, probably. Um, but we were lucky enough to have uh, Tamarin Waters of the Tallahassee Democrat mm -hmm. wrote an article, um, and I didn't think too much of it at the time. And it like it really blew up on the Tallahassee Democrat, and it got so popular that they they bumped it up to the USA Today, okay, their, their national right. thing, and. Uh, that was when we had already launched the product, and uh, you know, when they put when when they posted online, that was scary. <laughs> we're we're here in a live building; people are working, so it's kind of a special opportunity to do this podcast. So, okay, yeah. so yeah, so uh, the, the Tallahassee Democrat posted it, and I started getting in, you know, all these orders. I'm like, whoa, like just from the Tallahassee Democrat, right? And uh, then she texts me. She goes, "Hey, it's this article is so popular. They want to bump it up." I was like, "Okay." And then, I mean, they went on USA Today, and it was everywhere. Um, and then a couple weeks ago, this was so. This was probably two months ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then a couple weeks ago, they put it in their print version, and I had no idea that they put it in the print version. They just put it in there. They didn't tell me or anything. And I started getting all these orders on my computer. I was like. And you can't, because it's print, people are direct searching it. So instead, you can't like see where they're coming from. Okay. And I had no idea where they were all coming from. I had someone from Germany order, order wow. the product and I, and I was like, I can't even ship it to them. You're a global company I, I can't, now. yeah, I can't, I was like, I can't ship, I can't ship this product. To, right. It costs more to ship than it costs to, than it costs to, yeah. and they paid. Um, and I, I emailed them and said, hi, sorry to have to cancel your order, um, but do you mind telling me where you heard about this? And he goes, oh, it was in today's USA Today. And I, I ran to Publix and I grabbed it. I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's super cool. Uh, so, Tell me, like, I mean, has it all been just success after success, or has there been, like, some problem areas? We have a lot of entrepreneurs, first-time entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, and, uh, 
you know, a lot of times we, you know, entrepreneurs look at stories like nightcap and it's like, oh, it just works out for them. Yeah. But but there's there's been challenges, right? Yeah, certainly. Like what what are some of those? I mean, I'd say the first challenge is, you know, figuring out how do I make this? Like mm -hmm. most people, a lot of people are going to make something that they don't have any experience in. Right. They come up with an idea for something random. I mean, some people have it in their category of expertise, but some people it's not. And you have to go figure out how do I actually get this from a idea or a drawing to an actual product and that takes a ton of just calling and researching and figuring out who can actually make this um, and then this, one one of the probably lower points was you know right after maybe a week into the indiegogo you know you have a you have a, a big bump in the beginning because you've just launched it right um, and you know, it started slowing down a lot and I, I was I had no experience in marketing or anything at the time and I was like oh wait if this is gonna not do that well right now I don't know I mean, I don't know if it's going to be successful. Right. Um, and you need an Indiegogo. You need to hit your goal mark, right? Yes. Yeah, so get the money. Yes. Yeah, so you can actually set it either way. I set it that you have to hit the goal. Uh, probably wasn't the wisest idea, okay. um, but you know, because a lot of Indiegogo, they they hire these like professional companies and they run these massive Facebook ad campaigns. And I didn't have that. I didn't mm -hmm. have the money to do that. And it's also it was a cheaper product, right? It was nine dollars right. for the Indiegogo. So. You're giving a discount in, in for pre-ordering. People are only saving three dollars. So does someone want to, does someone want to order a product that they could potentially not even get because it's it's not it doesn't exist right. yet? Um, and are they going to order three months in advance to save three dollars? Most products on Indiegogo are very expensive: 100, 200, 300, 400 dollars, and you're saving 100, 200, 300, 400 dollars uh, for ordering it. So it's very hard to translate the. Um, you know, translate the sales through Indiegogo um, with the pre-ordering problem. And then, you know, we kind of lucked out with the, with the Fox business uh, getting it to that point. Right. And that kind of lifted us off. And from there, we just, it just took off. Uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so right now you're, you're B2C, you're, you're a business to consumer, direct yes. to consumer. Um, you started selling um, like, how long have you had the actual product to sell? So the Indiegogo went from September to uh, December, mm -hmm. and then we launched our website in December, mid uh, December sixteenth. Okay, and then we started actually delivering them the first week of January. We delivered all the pre-orders and then all the um, the orders from the first three weeks of the website, uh, all in the first two weeks of January. Um, I forgot, what was the second part of the question? Oh, I was just wondering, how long have you had the, uh, the product for sale? And I was just wondering, like, how much traction do you feel like you, you have gotten? Has your sales, like, met expectation or exceeded expectation? Like, yeah, where so, are you right, right now? All right, so basically, we've been selling it for under three months on our website. Okay. Um, we've sold about 1,700 units, mm -hmm. uh, if you include the Indiegogo. And uh, I would say it's, it's probably right where you want it because mm -hmm. we're not doing, we're kind of in a test and market validation phase. All right. Um, and we are, we're selling it just on our website. No Amazon, mm -hmm. no wholesale, retail, no customized wholesale, none of that. So it's just one color, the same design on one website. And we're not doing really any marketing. We've spent like two, $300 on Facebook ads just to get collect data and analytics. How's that worked out for you? Yeah, so actually, that was really smart of me to do because we figured out that I uh, actually needed to redo the website oh, okay. based on, we looked at the analytics and we said, okay, well from, when people are coming from here, here, and here, they have 
prior knowledge of what the product is, and the bounce rate is like 60%, which is which is an average, it's a correct bounce rate. Okay. From Facebook ads. Just, just for our audience, can yeah. you uh, define bounce rate? <laughs> so a bounce rate is when someone basically goes on your website, they don't actually click anything, they might look at it for five to 10 seconds and then they just leave because they don't understand maybe what the product is. They bounce. So on my Facebook ads, it was 90%. Oh, wow. And we were like, wow, what's the issue with this? I had, a, I had, I did some networking in my co-working space and I had, I had someone helping me with Facebook ads now uh, that I met and he goes, oh, well this site needs to be redone. There's clear issues with it. There's no call to action. There's no uh, buttons. There's not enough buttons everywhere to take you to the shopping place. Okay. It doesn't show the pictures on the top. People don't know what it is quick enough. That's the problem. So I went ahead and I redid the website. Um, I actually haven't started the Facebook ads again since I redid okay, it. Okay, so that I, was going to yeah, be so my I, next I, question. So I don't, I don't have that information yet to see how it changes. Right. Um, but yeah, so but you won ten thousand dollars today. I, so, so now we now will you have, have some money. You have some money to <laughs> we do. We have some money. So basically, um, you know, we're going to have some money now to test Facebook ads and maybe run you know, a couple thousand dollars and gather all those analytics. And then when we take an investor, we'll have, you know, a lot more money and we'll know exactly where we need to focus those ads. And we'll just be, we'll basically pour, as, as Kevin O'Leary would say, we'd pour, uh, we'll pour f fuel on the fire. All right. Yeah. Outstanding. So did you call your sister? I, she called me. Okay. I was busy. Okay. <laughs> but I did text her. Um, okay. Well, and she was in school, so she didn't answer when I called her back. But uh, So you haven't talked she, to her I, yet? I will have to talk to her after this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine she's going to be pretty excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, she posted on Instagram, so. All right. She was, yeah, she was, she was very thrilled. All right. <laughs> seeing, her, seeing her vision come to reality and, and be successful. I bet. At 16 years old, that yeah. is like so cool. Yeah. What a great big brother so. to help her make her dream come alive. <laughs> um, so... I know from the pitch that that you're you're thinking your next revenue stream uh, and market segment is going to be uh, to businesses, right? Yes. Uh, you want to tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so what we want to do is we wanted to. I'll show for uh, I guess for people on the camera. Yeah. Is the lid part? We want to be able to put liquor company logos, bar logos, or maybe restaurant logos, club logos right here on the top. And it's gonna be a revolutionary new promotional tool mm -hmm. where organizations and companies can say, we care about women's safety and they get their logo on every drink that it's used on. And you know, it's something that other promotional tools can't do. They, don't, they only have one of those aspects. Great, so what's next for Nightcap? Uh, in in your in your growth like what do you what do you think the next say three months looks like for you so we are finalizing uh, logistics overseas to be able to reduce cost by 50 percent okay. that has been delayed a month so far by the coronavirus, coronavirus yeah um yeah I, I was supposed to get that prototype over a month ago i just need to you know make sure that it's up to quality standards right. that the one that was made here is um, so i'm waiting on that once i have that uh you know, we'll take an investor and we'll be able to basically open up new revenue channels or mm -hmm. new channels, uh, Amazon, um, customized wholesale and start selling into stores. All, you know, be able to basically, we'll have the money to do a large marketing campaign, purchase the inventory and open up all these new revenue streams all at the same time and hopefully, you know, have an explosion of sales all at once. Okay. Uh, what's your, like, what, what's keeping you up at night? What's keeping me up at night? Hmm. I mean, I guess there is a, uh, you have to kind of change people's habits and, 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 you know, 
people have to actually use this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's awesome. It's like it's brushing a, your teeth. Yeah. So you have <laughs> to. Yeah, you have to teach people how to brush their teeth. But you have to. Um, you know, people have to actually get it and then actually start using it. And um, you know, you, you want a majority of the people who purchase it to actually use it and then reorder it because they, they you know, they think it's helpful to them and mm -hmm. they and they like it. So. You know, I, I want to start seeing them out in the in the bars. Out Hopefully, the maybe I'll, maybe this weekend I can I can maybe I'll run into someone <laughs> someone yeah. using it now that they're all out there. Um, but just getting people to change their habits and actually just put this take it off their wrist and put it on their drink. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a challenge. <laughs> wow, I, yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a challenge. So um, you know, I I know you're. Are you doing this full time, or is this uh, is this still a part time gig? You graduated, yeah, right? I graduated. I'm I'm taking you know six months to a year to just try and make this happen, okay, and and then reevaluate, you know, and and I feel like you know maybe four to six months from now we'll be able to know if this company is going somewhere or not. And and what's that marker for you? What's success for you with this? Um, you know, I think I'll learn a lot from my upcoming trade show at the end of March, and I'll know uh, how well companies respond to ordering this as a promotional tool, because I think that's a huge Do you think that's gonna be a bigger revenue stream, is the B2B customization? I think, in uh, quantity-wise, yes, but uh, the margin there is not as good, and you have to keep the price right. low when they're gonna be ordering. I mean, you want if you want a Smirnoff or a Bacardi to come order this, you have to, I mean, you have to keep the price as low as possible to be ordering them in the tens of thousands. Yeah. Um, so the margin is not excellent there, um, but I, I, I hope with volume and getting yeah, it out I there. Yeah, I hope. I hope. I basically we'll be able to know if if there will be the volume there to make that our primary uh, revenue okay. stream. And is your sister like? looking to graduate and like join the business or what uh full time or what does she yes. want to do yeah so she's hoping to uh you know she's about to go to college and mm -hmm. hopefully start an entrepreneurship program and uh you know keep just keep this moving along and in, in, and use the resources at whatever university she's at okay great so um you know, I know you started working on this while you were a student at FSU. Was there anybody at FSU that uh, faculty or staff that came alongside you to kind of like encourage you along the way? Yeah, so I mean, the whole entrepreneurship school has been excellent, uh, especially Wendy and Caitlin. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been Wendy super, Plant. Yeah, Wendy Plant, Caitlin Simpson. They've yeah. been super helpful uh, with everything. Um, and, you know, obviously the just the resources they've been able to help me get, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've got, you know, the Jim Moran micro grant and obviously the innovation, the innovation challenge. challenge right? And then I also won the turkey tank. That's a smaller prize, but it's still fun. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I, that was all one semester. So I, I, I didn't start this. I had what's from September to December mm -hmm. just to be able to use the resources here. Oh, and then the, the law clinic, uh, Richard Benham. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, Help, excellent, excellent help. Helped yeah. you incorporate and all that good stuff, or uh, getting uh, Yeah, the or? well, the the main thing he did was the trademark. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, just advice, legal advice, and I saved a lot of money with them on the trademark. And but but the advice that he gave was is, I mean, you got to pay a lot of money for any. If you go any any lawyer, they're going to charge you four hundred dollars an hour to give right. you the advice. Uh, he helped us with so. Well, sounds sounds like you would you would say I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that you feel like FSU 
you know, really helped, you know, came alongside you and helped you launch this product. Yeah, so certainly, and I'm blessed to be able, I'm glad that I thought that I started this right before I graduated, so I was able to, you know, take advantage of it. Well, outstanding. Well, thank you, Michael. Best of uh, luck to you. And uh, just thank you for taking the time to come in and, and share your story. And, and again, congratulations on winning the Innovation Challenge. Thank that's you. our soup. That's the <laughs> Super Bowl yeah. of entrepreneurship here at FSU and yeah. the Jim Moran College. Yeah. So thank you. thank you and enjoy dinner. Great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. If you would like to be notified of new episodes, please subscribe via your favorite player. Also, if you like the podcast, please take the time to share it on social media, give it a five-star rating, and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you enjoy your podcasts. This will help us get the word out to other entrepreneurs that the FSU Entrepreneurship Podcast has been launched.